Welcome to Multifamily Real Estate Investing, presented by Mara Poling. My name is Pat Poling. I'm the founder and CEO of Mara Poling, and I am happy to be with you this week to talk about another topic of interest to all of you that either own or invest in multifamily, and for those of you that are thinking about investing in multifamily, and that is, is that the market I hear? And what I mean by that is when something happens at a property, for example, a shift in occupancy, how can we tell if that's the market giving us feedback that our rents are either at or maybe beyond what the market will bear and we need to do something about rents? Or is there something else going on? That's what we're going to talk about this week. And thanks for joining me. As always, you can email me, pat at marapolling.com, M-A-R-A-P-O-L-I-N-G.com. And please remember to swing by marapolling.com and check out the Learning Center, copies of all of our past webinars, other recorded content on the Multifamily Real Estate channel, the opportunity to sign up for upcoming webinar sessions. We have one a month between now and and the end of the year, and there'll be a new series launching in January. Lots of good content there. And of course, uh, join us weekly for our podcast, Multifamily Real Estate Investing, presented by Mara Poling. Okay, so how do we know when something happens, if it's a function of the market giving us feedback about the economics of our product offering, i.e., hey, your rents have either gotten to the market level or maybe you're even trying to be too aggressive and that's what's going on. Or something else is happening and actually the market's just fine with what you're charging. How do you know? So let's walk through an example. We're just going to make this fairly simple on ourselves. We're going to take a sample 120-unit property. Now, a property with 120 units, if it was perfectly balanced in terms of the allocation of leases across the year, would have 10 expirations every month, right? 10 times 12 months, 120. So that's how they'd be dispersed. Our objective, what we think makes sense at Mara Polling and what we target for each of our assets generally is a 50-50 renewal rate, meaning half of the leases that expire, we would like to see them renew, and half of the leases that expire, we're okay if they don't renew. It gives us some inventory that we can make improvements to. It also just gives us some inventory to have on the market. If we're advertising that we have apartments, and every time somebody walks in, we say, sorry, we actually don't have any right now, well, we're going to have difficulty maintaining that pipeline. So we want to have some inventory. We don't want all 10 to renew, just like we don't want all 10 to not renew. We'd like it to be about five renewals and five tenants that move on. So if that's what a healthy, typical month looks like, and we're moving rents by some amount, uh, because of what's going on in the market, right? If the market is right now supportive of a 5% rent increase and we're moving rents 
generally 5%. And tenants are renewing at that rate and new leases are leasing up at that rate and all's balanced, then we're pretty happy that we're doing what the market wants. Now, let's say that what happens is this, is one of my asset managers comes to me and says, hey, at property ABC Main Street over here, we went from having 95% occupancy, which was kind of that balanced space, to uh, we were, we're suddenly down in the 80s. We're 88% oh my gosh, that's a really significant swing. One, that's a that's a big move. And two, it moves us outside of the target range, right? We, as we've shared in the past, we think you want to try and be somewhere in the 90s, uh, low 90s, maybe 92, and probably not above 97. Something in that range would be a nice range to be in. This moves us out of it, has us in the high 80s. Okay, does that mean, well, wait a minute, then we need to stop moving rents that much, dial the rent increases back, or maybe just hold rents flat, and let's see what goes on. And that might, in fact, be the correct course of action if that's what's happening. If the market is actually telling us, all right, you guys have gotten your rents not only to the market level, but you've gotten them beyond tenants aren't signing new leases, tenants aren't uh, renewing, and it's because of rents. That's completely possible. But it's also possible that that's not the reason. And it's important to understand that so we don't take an action that, one, impacts the economic performance of the asset negatively, right? So we don't want to moderate our rent growth if we really don't have to relative to the market. And if that's what we're focused on, then we're not dealing with whatever the other issue is that actually caused the vacancy spike. So let's take a look at this. We have we have 10, 10 units that come up every month uh, for uh, renewal. And uh, normally we get five vacants out of that. And then we lease those five vacant units. And we always have a few more vacants beyond that because there's some floating inventory. And that's what keeps you at that kind of stable 95%. But all of a sudden we have this great big spike and we're, we're way off, right? We've got an extra 10 vacant units, right? And so instead of having five vacant from the month, we've got 15 Oh my gosh, what what on earth happened? Did we did we not lease any of last month's vacant units and we got a whole new round of vacant units did this month? Did did 100% of our tenants that were expiring did they all move out? That's one answer, could be that. But let's dive in a little bit and see the pieces we would focus on to understand what might really be going on here. First, let's look at expirations. As I said, if you're perfectly distributed, you're getting 10 lease expirations every month. I don't think any property we have in our portfolio and any property we've ever owned has been perfectly balanced like that. There are always lumpy months, right? So there's months where you've got, instead of 10, you have 12, or instead of 10, you have eight. That's pretty manageable. 
there are properties, especially properties that might be newly acquired, where maybe the prior owner either managed the asset differently or honestly just didn't manage the timing of expirations, where you might have 20% of the leases or 25% of the leases expiring in one month. If a property, for example, has a slightly heavy student concentration, you're going to see expirations coinciding with the school year. So let's say that we had a 25% swing like that, right? So that of our 120 units, we actually had a month where we had 30 expirations. Well, if we had 30 expirations and we leased half of those, right? Half of those renewed and half of those didn't. Well, we would now have not five vacant units we needed to lease up. We would have 15. We'd have an extra 10 units, which, what do you know, knocks you down into the 80% range. So one potential answer to why there's a spike in vacancy is not rents, right? This has nothing to do with rents. Tenants are still leasing new rents, uh, new leases at the same rate, and the renewals were still 50%, which is what we're shooting for. We simply had a large number of expirations that month, and because of that, we saw a spike in vacancy. Now, it will take some time to work through that, because remember what I said, we've been leasing new leases at about five a month. Well, now we have three months worth of inventory. It will take us a couple of months to work through that because we'll need to work at getting six and seven and eight leases a month signed up. Now, the other piece of that will be if we really did have a large number of expirations in one month, then we're going to have a number of months that are going to be less than 10. And so if we're able to lease up five units every month, there's going to be months with six or seven or eight expirations because obviously it all has to add up to 100%. So it might not be the market saying there's a rent issue. It might simply be you've got a lumpy rent profile. Now, what do you do about that? You could say, okay, I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to be prepared for it next year. And again, if you had a... Uh, concentration of tenants where that was valuable, where having leases that terminated around that time of year had value, then you might not want to change it. You would simply want to plan for it and be ready so that it wasn't a surprise. Another thing that might be done, though, is, well, let's get rid of that bulge. Let's smooth things out. And so the way we would do that is we would begin signing leases with other than 12-month terms. We might do some 13- and 14-month leases. We might do some 9-months, some 10-months. And we might play with rents a little bit to incent some of that if a tenant, a prospective tenant or a renewal didn't think that that didn't, that didn't work necessarily well for them. But we'd want to do that so that we could get down to, instead of having 20 expirations or 25 expirations or 30 expirations, we'd get it down to where we had 15, which is still a heavier month, but that's that's not a crazy month, right? It's not 25% of your of your leases.
So that's an action that you could take. You also can now, today, and we do this at every one of our properties during our due diligence, is you map that out so that you know what the entire year looks like and you can see where you have those months coming and begin preparing doing both of those. You can prepare in terms of we're ready for that level of expiration. And you can also prepare from the standpoint of beginning to spread other leases out so that you've got room to be able to take care of that issue at that particular point in time. So that's one possible answer that isn't the market telling you there's a rent issue. It could simply be that you have more expirations in that brief period of time. Another potential answer has to do with the lease up rate. So if we are able to lease five units every month, right? So our 120 unit property, 10 expirations every month, five of those expirations renew, five of them become available for new leases, and we lease about five every month. Maybe we have three or four other vacant units uh, to start with so that at any given point in time, you've got eight or nine for people to choose from, but you lease about five a month, a little over one a week, one some week, maybe two another week. And that's kind of the pace you run at. And that keeps us in that sort of mid nineties place from a uh, occupancy standpoint. Well, what if my lease up rate slowed? What if I went from leasing one to maybe two units a week, what if I only leased one unit every other week? So I was only doing two leases a month instead of five. Well, I would see an increase in vacancy because of that. Does that mean that I'm getting fewer tenants because of rents? Add to that, what if my expirations, what if I'm not getting 50-50? What if I'm only getting, out of 10 expirations, what if I'm only getting two tenants to renew and eight are moving out? Well, that's adding more vacancy. Well, if I see those two things happening, that must mean the market is telling me that our rents have gotten too high, right? Existing tenants aren't signing renewals at the same rate. And new tenants, we're not leasing up as many as quickly as we normally do. Our rents must just be too high and we should lower rents. And that's possible. That could very well be what's happened, that we've gotten to that place where we are at or maybe even a little beyond what the market will bear from a rent standpoint. There are other answers, though. So let's take a look at the two components I just described individually. Let's take a look first at leasing rate, right? The speed with which we lease uh, units. What time of year is it? Leasing is a seasonal activity. More people are looking for homes, whether it's to buy a home or to rent uh, a home to live in. More people are doing that in the spring and the summer than do as you get into the fall and certainly the winter. Not a lot of people are looking to move in December and January. Now, that doesn't mean that there's not movement that time of year. There is. It's simply slower. So that's one possibility is that we're simply in a seasonal area where our new lease up rate is going to slow slightly. 
what else though have we been doing or not doing? Have we been maintaining a good marketing presence? Are we doing the work we need to do digitally, which is so critical these days to stay in front of prospective tenants that are out there? Um, has there been some new construction or some other activity that's gone on in the marketplace that's maybe changed the marketplace and I've not responded to it? So it might not be the fact that the rents are too high. It may be that there simply isn't enough foot traffic to give us the tenants that we need in order to sign enough leases to maintain that five a month lease up pace. Or maybe somebody else in the marketplace has done something that's siphoned off some of our tenants. And if so, what is it? What's going on competitively? It doesn't have to be something with regards to rents. There could be some other amenity package, or maybe someone else has had a significant problem with occupancy. And so they're running a pretty heavy concession program right now. That doesn't mean that we need to run a concession program. We might take a look at it and say, great, let's let them run their course. Uh, we aren't going to follow suit, but we'd understand what it was in terms of being able to make a decision. And that's different than we're not getting, we're getting just as many tenants walking in the door. They're just not signing the lease and they're not signing the lease because it's too much rent. That's not what I'm describing right there. The other half of that was the expirations, the renewals. So we get our 10 expirations, right? So it's not an abnormally large month in terms of expirations. Instead of having five people renew and five people move on, eight people move on and only two renew. And so now we have an extra three units that we have to deal with. So we're not only leasing up at a slower pace, but we we actually lost some tenants relative to what we would have targeted for a normal month. Well, those people obviously didn't renew because the renewal increases were going to be too high. Again, that's a possible answer. It isn't the only answer. There are lots and lots of reasons that people don't renew leases. What's one of the primary reasons that people lease in the first place? Flexibility. I have a I have a job or an industry I've chosen to work in in which mobility is important to me. I'm not quite sure what I'm doing in my uh, home life yet relative to where I want to live. Maybe I want to live in this town. Maybe I, I think Waco, Texas might be a great place to live. I'm going to go rent an apartment. And while I'm doing that, I happen to spend some time in Temple just down the street. And I like Temple a little better. So when my lease expires, I'm going to move to Temple. That's not a decision that someone is making based on rents. And while if we have large numbers, right, if we had a portfolio of not, if we didn't have 120 units, but we had 1,200 units or 12,000 units, you'd have really large numbers and uh, you'd be able to statistically model all that really easily. When we have small numbers like this, you very easily could have a month where there's just a few more tenants that choose to move because they're choosing to move. It's not an economic situation from that standpoint. So it doesn't always mean when those events happen that we have hit our rent number. Well, this all sounds great, but how do you really know? I mean, 
what I've described are some potential answers, but how would I really know? And the answer to that is feedback, right? For example, when we're doing renewals and we send renewal letters to tenants, those that don't renew, that, that'll be part of the engagement is, would you mind sharing with me why? And what is there anything I could do that would assist you? And maybe someone is simply going to say, yeah, I got a new job and I'm moving to another city. Congratulations. Or, you know what? We've saved up enough and we're going to buy our own home. Fantastic. Congratulations. We're happy for you. And in some instances, it's, yeah, the rent's gone up quite a bit. Have you looked around where you might move? Yeah. And I know they're all higher, but I'm just going to go somewhere that's less expensive. Oh, okay. That's feedback that tells us something about rents and that might ultimately guide our rent strategy. But you need that feedback. The same with the lease up traffic, right? So if we're only getting a lease signed every other week instead of one or even two leases every week, well, why? What's the feedback we can get from that? When a, when a prospective tenant comes in and looks at the property and looks at a unit and says, oh, this is great. Well, would you like to fill out an application? No, I don't think so. Okay, do they offer any feedback to us? Do they offer that, yeah, this is a little more than I want to spend. I'm going to look somewhere else. Now, if what we found was that we got a lot of feedback about rents and these events I just described were not a function of a large number of expirations and they weren't a function of the seasonality, you know, this is happening maybe in April or May, then what we might in fact be doing is getting feedback from the market. The market might be saying, hey, you're kind of getting to the rent number that you ought to be at. It's time to look at moderating rents. And you know what? That's a good thing. We, we want to get there. Right now, we're hunting around in the dark. If, if we haven't gotten that feedback from the market, then every month what we do with rents is nothing more than throwing a dart at the wall with the lights off because we don't know what the market rents really are. Because if we're maintaining a very high level of occupancy and we keep raising rents and renew tenants keep renewing and new tenants keep signing, then we aren't at the market rent yet. It's only when the market pushes back and says, hold on there, fella, <laughs> you have you have gotten to the point where the market is going to say, yeah, we're not interested in paying that much. Maybe we've pushed the rents all the way to $1,000 a unit, and now we're pushing for 1050 and suddenly renewals slow to a crawl. Suddenly, we aren't getting a lot of new lease activity. And when we do all the analysis we've just described, what we find is there isn't another reason. And it is the market saying, you know what? These aren't worth $1,050 they're worth the $1,000. Fantastic. Now I know what the market rent is, and I'll spend the balance of the next 12 months getting all of the tenants up to that $1,000 market number and continuing to listen to the market to see if there are opportunities for us to begin significant rent movement again. We love the market, and we love getting feedback from the market. 
We want to make sure that when we get that feedback, we're interpreting it correctly. And it really is the market talking to us, not some other event that might be clouding the data that we have. If you have any questions about this week's episode, please shoot me an email, pat at marapoling.com, M-A-R-A-P-O-L-I-N-G.com. And please join us next week for another episode of Multifamily Real Estate Investing presented by Mara Poland.